It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, friend request, and I will probably give you a return. And I am joined by somebody. Let's see who it is. I have a pretty good guess of who this is, but let's just confirm that, that I know who this is. Who will be co-hosting this week? You know damn well who will be co-hosting this week. The same guy who comes co-host every week. The only person with some sense on this show. It is I. Chris Best, that's at Chris Best 99 on Twitter. Somebody got to show up and keep you in line. Okay, I thought it was going to be Harry Barnett, but, you know, we don't always get what we want. So how's it going, Chris? <laughs> it, it's going fine, man. How you doing? Oh, I was doing all right until a couple minutes ago. We, we we definitely got a Too Many Black Guys segment at the end of the show this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I don't even know what happened. Yeah, ch- check the updated Google document link that sent you. You'll see it. Check the problem section. <laughs> oh, and then okay. it, 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 it. yeah, it, it, it's a big one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's get into some wrestling stuff first before we start getting all angry. I guess we'll start off with some ratings news because we did get we don't get a lot of uh, ratings information regarding Impact Wrestling. Uh, Access TV's ratings are a little bit different than some of the other networks, the way it's done and everything. Plus, it being a smaller network, the information is always it's forthcoming. So, but, you know, since, you know, they are technically, I guess, I guess depending on how you look at it, they're the what, third or fourth largest company, depending on how you look at it. I guess if we if we include WWE all as one thing, we'll put them number one. We, we'll, we'll put AEW number two. And then, so I guess Impact is probably three or four or five, depending, because I don't know what because I don't know what MLW's ratings are technically. I don't know what uh, Ring of Honor's ratings are technically, but Impact's definitely in the top five of the country. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get to that real fast. Uh, AEW has had a strong uh, last three weeks in the ratings, and uh, I think they'll hopefully continue that momentum up this week. They were like starting to dip down real low. They were in danger of getting below 700,000 if they hadn't uh, sort of head the other direction since uh, Fighter Fest and stuff has happened. But they did manage to have a strong bounce back. They were back in the 845,000 uh, viewer range with a 0.32 rating in the, uh, in the demographic. Uh, they were fifth on 
all the cable television for the night. NXT, which had 615,000 viewers and a .17 rating. And when we say point whatever rating, we're talking about the 18 to 49, the most valuable demographic where most of the uh, companies make their money. Uh, NXT was 35th on cable for the night. So this is the third week in a row that AEW viewership went up and NXT decreased. And it was the biggest margin of victory for uh, AEW in a while. Matter of fact, that's 230,000. So that's a, that's a pretty n- nice chunk. That's almost a quarter of a million. So that's a very, very nice chunk. Uh, aside from adults older than 50, which uh, NXT usually wins anyway, uh, AEW won every demographic. And not, not only won it, but just about doubled them in just about every demographic. So... It was weird. I was, I was seeing on the internet uh, a couple weeks ago, like on Twitter and stuff, people were like ready to give the demise of AEW, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of went the entirely a different direction now. So uh, again, I don't want I don't want any company to just like you know go away. Uh, I like having like, these options. I do want some of them that don't perform up to snuff to improve and get better. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying every company needs to continue to exist the way it exists now. But overall, I uh, do like that AEW is having a strong bounce back. I've never wavered in my support of the product. So what are your thoughts, Chris, on the Wednesday Night Wars and the current uh, products for NXT versus AEW? Well, I heard you go down the demographic, but who won the key demographic of 25-year-old pizza delivery guys who've never known a woman's touch? I'm going to guess based on everything else I saw that AEW won that too. <laughs> Cause that is a subgroup of the 18 to 45, 18 to 49 demographic that AEW wins. So I'm guessing <laughs> that group has won. Wait a minute. I'm starting to think maybe you were being sarcastic. Were you not being serious when you asked me that question, Chris? Oh no, I, I, I was as serious as I'll ever be on this show. Well, until we get to the article I just read a second ago about the set of the, Senator from the great state of Arkansas. No, we're, 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 like I said, that, that, that's going to be very angry and black, so we're actually going to make sure we save that to the end of the show. That way the people that tune in for the wrestling won't have to sit through it because that's, that's going to be one of our – that'll probably be our angriest segment and angriest too many black guys segment. So we're, we're going to save it for the end to protect these sensitive uh, wrestling fans 18 to 49. <laughs> So, well, anyway, well, uh, back, back to the back to the ratings though. Yeah. On, on a semi-serious note, to say the key demographic is eighteen to forty-nine, they that is a large uh, cut of population there. You know, I don't see how to say. You know, that from eighteen to fifty, that's just such a huge chunk. I would take that as a more I would take that more seriously if there was a smaller window. But I get it. More people are watching one show than the other. And next week, you know, next week it'll be the other show. So, I don't know what to say. It is what it is. The ratings go back and forth. Yeah, it, it, it goes back and forth, but it's gone AEW's way versus NXT more times than not uh, over the course of the rivalry. It's, I'd say probably it's probably been 
eighty to ninety percent AEW winning. Because like I said, we it, it made big news when they when they when NXT won two or three weeks in a row. So overall, yeah. I think NXT's beaten them overall maybe five or six times. I think since you know the feud started in October, uh, they've. And I don't know if they've. Ever, how often is how, how often is what? Sorry, I had someone call my throat there. Thought I was about to die. I'm gonna have coronavirus. Um, how often has the margin of victory been so been so slim that, for practical purposes, we're t- we were talking about the exact same number. You know, when one show has 768,922 people, and the other person has 767,821. I'll you say know. to just to just to give us a nice round uh believable number when you say it's close, I'll say when it's in fifty thousand, one way or the other, I'd say that's probably okay. been a handful of times when it's been close. Yeah. So I'd say overall though, AEW is doing what it needs to do. Like I said, uh oh yeah, and by the way, they had one of the highest rated segments this past week when they had that uh when they had that uh Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade. False Cunningham match that actually did over a million uh, live viewers when it happened. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that feud uh, going forward. Yeah, and I actually really enjoyed that match. That was a quality did. match. And I'm sorry, what? Say, you know, one thing I hate to say about the Young Bucks, I was a huge Young Bucks fan until they became a weekly thing. Well, and, they, they're, yeah, not really, they're not really a weekly Bucks, thing, though. They're not really on every no, week. Not, it's not they're, like they're not as special as they used to be. You know, knowing you're about to, you're going to get a Young Bucks match, it's not a special event anymore. I say, I technically I agree with you. It's not quote as special, but I would rather enjoy it. You know. I'd rather enjoy the Young Bucks 30 to 40 times a year and have it and have it be less special than only see them, you know, once a month and have it be more special. I would rather I'd rather have a six-star match, you know, <laughs> every other week than have one, you know, once a month. So I'm okay with that. I do want to note some people say that like quote like people like Ryback and some other fans have said move-based wrestling doesn't draw. That clearly shows otherwise <laughs> that that's the highest rated segment they've had in a while. I'm not saying that you don't need personality and characters and angles and stories. You do need that. But if even if you don't have that, if you have quality wrestling, it, it will generate interest. I've always looked at wrestling as a restaurant. You go to a nice restaurant and they don't have just, you know, you just go in there like, Hey, I like food. And they just say, okay, here's your steak and potatoes. No, they have a large array of things, and it's all good. And depending on what you want at that time, that's what you can get. So you need your move-based wrestling. You need your story-based wrestling. You need your, you know, you need every part of wrestling mixed together well. You need it all. Yep, that, 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 that sums it up perfectly. And like I said, particularly when you have a card that's going to be two hours or three hours long, that's why they. That's why traditionally they didn't. They didn't used to do quote extreme match cards. It used to be there'd be one cage match on the card, and then that's it. 
you wouldn't you wouldn't get any of those people. Like say, people, if it's not special anymore, if it's not unique, people won't enjoy it. But then they realize the you know the I'd say the attention span and the product that fan wants does sort of evolve over time as well. So maybe in the past that might not have worked, but now you're at the point where the like even though you know ratings for wrestling and the amount of viewers who would watch it live used to be much much higher. The people mm-hmm. who are still watching now, they have a, they could very easily have a short, shorter attention span than those, you know, when you might have had four or five million people watching previously, you might only have one million watching now or a million and a half watching now. But that group is the really, you know, dedicated group. But they also it's will flip the channel or, 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 or go to screaming or something real fast if you're not providing what they want. So you got to be able to, you got to be able to move with the time, so. Pro wrestling is a drug, and the more of it you take in, the more of it you need, the more um, you build up a tolerance to it. The first time you see somebody get smacked in the head with a chair, it's like, holy crap, that dude's going to die. But then you see it happen again and again and again, and you don't need one hit with a chair, you need two. You know, like like I ran against the super kick all the time. I I still, when I become president of America... I'm sorry, when I became king of America, I will ban the super kick for 20 years. But up until, but uh, I talk about super kick because, you know, in 1983 or whatever, when I saw a super kick, it was amazing. And that, that was a big thing. And it, that ended matches and careers. And it was unbelievable. And now you get 13, 14, 15 super kicks in a match. And then if you talk too much about the super kick, the young bucks will hear it. And they will throw in double the super kicks in the match just to piss you off because they think it's funny. And it's just one of those things where, you know, now you, you grow and your tolerance grows. And like I said, you know, what one super kick used to do, you need 14 of them. What one chair used to do, you need 15 of them. You know, we, we've just grown to tolerate a lot more. Are you implying that kicks now are no longer super? No, the kicks are clearly not super. <laughs> they should just call them medium kicks or just kicks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're slightly more than average kicks. <laughs> Marco stunt size kicks. <laughs> Fun size <laughs> kicks. <laughs> right. They're kicks. They're clearly kicks. But they're not super. But at any rate, uh, let's move on to other ratings news. Because like I said, we do have some actual uh, impact wrestling news. And by the way, I want to thank SC Scoops uh, this week. They provide a lot of the information I use for the show. Uh, and this week is no exception. Uh, in the rare cases that I forget to mention it, most likely I get my news or information from SC Scoops. Although when I do use other sites and get information from other sources, I do like to include those as well. But as a general rule, SC Scoops is the main base. Let's get into uh, the impact wrestling viewership for the year because uh, we don't usually get weekly reports on them uh, but impact wrestling on access tv uh, is averaging for the year or at least for the first quarter of the year they did about 174,000 viewers a week uh, their uh, in, their uh, impact on the demographic is 0.05 <laughs> so I guess that means there's like <laughs> I guess it's like a Three or four guys, half a guy, in their mom's basement. 
I guess that's what the numbers come out to, three or four guys. I was like, I said, that, that, that's like it, it barely registers in the ratings. So yeah. actually, I think it's, I think, actually, I think it's about, I think that's, it might be around like, I think it's like what, like 5,000? <laughs> no, it's got to be higher. It's got to be higher than that. I, I won't even I won't even pretend the uh, I won't even pretend the numbers that low, but because that'd be a declaration. But at any rate, uh, NXT does, did a, like uh, this past week they did a point seven one. Most weeks uh, lately, uh, AEW does point two zero, or and then like I said, this past week I think they did point three two. So it looks like if you if you base it on these numbers, they get maybe a fourth to a fifth of the people in the demo that uh, NXT or AEW will get. And they're doing maybe a third overall. So that would, that would lead me to believe that that tells you that their ratings, they get maybe a third or a fourth of the ratings on weekly babies that the bigger companies get. They get about a third or fourth or in the, uh, in the demo. So that tells you they're not making as nearly as much money. Do I take that back? I was going to say they're not making nearly as much money from the TV show, but I take that back. At least they technically own their network, so they don't really have to, quote, pay their network anything. When you have, like, that sort of integration within your product, the money is a little bit different because it's not like they have to pay to be on the air. It's not like they have to mm-hmm. – they're paying somebody to be on the air, so – uh, and then, by the way, they are by far the highest-rated program on their network. So, while their numbers might not look quote all that impressive, uh, it's still significant that they are the highest-rated uh, show on their network. So, that de- I, I at least give them that much credit for that. Name another show on their network. Off the top of your head, don't, uh, don't search. I, like I said, I, like I said. I would not be able to name a show. I'd be like, there's some concerts. I couldn't tell you specifics. I know because they have a, a shit ton of concerts on that network and different interviews uh-huh. with different rock stars and stuff. But, but, but to name an actual show, <laughs> neither could I. That's why I told you to do it. I, I'm guessing. I'm what, guessing. Whatever you said. I'm guessing. Even if I googled it, <laughs> I still would have a hard time <laughs> finding the show on the network because. I will to bet if I Googled it, it might come up something that's been canceled for two or three years. So I'm not even, well, I'm not even going to go through that effort of that trying to Google it. Yeah. If you, I was say, if oh, you yeah, they, the name of a show, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything about it. Oh, if you I can name a show that was, hazard. Yeah, I was going to say, I can, I can name a show that was on the network, and then I realized, oh, crap, I'm pretty sure that's canceled. I was going to say that there's that Eddie Money show, but Eddie Money passed away, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's probably canceled. You know, I'm not I'm not a TV executive, but I I really think you need the person the show is about alive to have a show about. But I could be wrong. Did I lose you? Cool, I'm on the air all along. I'm like a kid, and you know, I'm like a kid, and uh, the parents finally left home alone, so they can just do whatever they want to do and wild out. But I'm going to do like most teenagers would do, and I'm going to flop down on the couch and watch TV and just chill because, you know, it's radio, and I can, I'm 44 years old, and I can always do what I want, so what am I going to do different? Um, well, just to sum up what we were talking about for the ratings, my personal opinion, 
it doesn't matter. You know, these ratings are usually so close to one another. I don't see the big deal of getting all worked up about it. But I have noticed how uh, Dave Metzer and Brian Alvarez, they report these ratings religiously. And any time that um, anytime they report these ratings, you can see, you can almost hear it in their voices and see it on their faces if you watch the videos of it. They almost like they take it as a personal win if AEW wins rating war for the week, which means nothing. While on the other end of it, if NXT wins the nightly ratings war, whatever you want to call it. If NXT wins it, they come up with an excuse. Why, you know, well, NXT, NXT won the one Wednesday night ratings because uh, Roman Reigns came back to NXT and everybody just tuned in to see him. And You have to realize that the WWE can pull that card whenever they choose. They can throw a big name on NXT whenever they choose. And also in this whole ratings war, you do have what, as much as we hate to admit it, we have NX, uh, AEW, the show, the main flagship show of all elite wrestling. That is their show. It's not dark. It's nothing else. You know, it's their dynamite show. That's their flagship show. That is everything you can think about it. And that's fine. But you also have to remember it is going to give NXT. The WWE is developmental territory. Yeah, we like to forget that that's developmental because they are some great names up there. They are some, you know, legendary wrestlers or superstars, whatever you want to call them now, on that show. And they are great at what they do. But that is a WWE's developmental territory. So you have the A show going up against the C show. So the fact that they are celebrating winning by. 50,000 people every week on average or, you know, defending their losses or, you know, this time they had, you know, a pretty healthy jump over them for a part of the show. That's all well and good. But, like I said, it's just C-Shop. It's like when you're watching football in preseason and you realize your favorite team ran up score on somebody but then you think about it, oh, wait a minute, they had their starters in the whole game, and this team only put their starters in for a couple plays, and they pulled them out to get the backups in and try some um, new plays and things like that. So it's just kind of one of those things where um, well, you really have to dig into it to understand what, what is really behind the numbers. Sorry about that little gap there. That was me frantically texting uh, King David to figure out what the is going on here. Because he left me all alone. For the people who normally listen, they probably realize that Chris doesn't really prepare for the show. Uh, He just kind of rolls out of the bed, puts on his headset, and like, yo, what's up? And I just kind of roll with the punches. I let Dave do all the work. I let Brian come through and uh, 
do his, you know, do the Brian thing for all of y'all who, who listen to Brian, you know who he is. You know, I let the call. I lo- I like the callers calling in and taking the taking the stress off me and all that other good jazz. But after being left in there, um, but after being left here by myself, it's like, okay, it's cool for a couple seconds, but it's like, all right, dude, get back in here. Well, apparently, uh, King David's been eaten by a bear. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that, let's start that internet rumor. King David Lane, a.k.a. David Lane, or whatever you want to call him, has been eaten by a bear. Let's start a new Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And we're back on Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. This King David, you know, just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I'll most likely give you one in return. Feel free to check out my uh, highlights on Instagram as well as my other social media platforms. Uh, 
this Tokyo Olympics just started last Friday, and I've decided to lead the U.S. team to victory. So go on Instagram, follow King David Lane, and you'll be able to see all my exploits leading the U.S. team to Olympic gold, even better than Kurt Angle did 24 years ago today. So definitely check it out. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, we've been wrestling with the problem of technical difficulties, apparently, because I could hear Chris perfectly fine, but he couldn't hear me. So I assume that means you guys couldn't hear me either. So uh, I want to address some comments he made. Uh, one, I was not eaten by a bear, so that is slender. I'm going to sue you. Also, uh, developmental is not the proper title for NXT. They used to be developmental, but once they started hiring guys in their mid-30s and early 40s to main event, you know, their programming to a large degree, they stop being developmental. There are still some developmental projects there, but for the most part, the performance center handles developmental per se, and really the only developmental guys are the few newer talents they, that they use for jobbers on the show sometimes. So I don't really consider them developmental. They are definitely the, quote, C show within WWE's universe, but uh, the developmental is not really the right title for them. Because if you look at their roster, most of the rosters have been stars on the indie scene for years. They don't really need that much development other than most or if they're not used to be working in front of such large crowds or, you know, certain TV angles, they might need to learn that. But I'm sure, like, for the most part, guys like Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and Undisputed Guys and a few of the other guys, they didn't really need that. You know, they already had that in them from working for, like, they you don't know, need Ring to know of Honor. Yeah. They don't need to learn how to wrestle. That's no argument there. Adam Cole, Keith, uh, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish. No, they don't know how to need to learn how to wrestle. Uh, Keith Lee did not need to learn how to wrestle. He is still green on the professional, on the w, on the WWE level. He's green, but compared to the rest of the world, he's great. Uh, it's a lot of people there who don't need to be taught how to wrestle. Don't need to have me taught how to cut promos. But they do need to learn how to wrestle on television. So, how about we call it the WWE? Let's call the NXT program the WWE Finishing School. Can we agree on that? It's just where you go and get polished up. You're not really, you know, this ain't high school. This isn't college. This is a PhD course. Would that be a fair assessment? I say, I say that's a, that's more fair than developmental. Developmental makes you makes it think like you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna coach you up and get you ready where you can be on TV. By the time you're already on national television on USA Network, you 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 must have a certain level of polish, or you shouldn't be on national television yet. That's that was the point of the original FCW and OVW and uh, NXT. It was to like get you ready to get you that practice. You're on the big stage now, though. If you're on USA Network, that's the big stage. If you're on TV in front of, even though they don't get, a quote, a million viewers live, I'm sure by the time you factor in, you know, the WWE Network and Hulu and whatever else, I'm sure they, they probably get a million in a week after you include all that. Plus you add in the plus three day and plus seven day. So you're on the big stage now. So if you're not ready, you shouldn't be on TV yet. Now, that said, right. you know, they're, they're there, there's this, there, like I said, there's, there's probably a few guys that use this jobbers who aren't quite ready. We'll just just go out and bump a little bit, and you you know you'll make the other talents look good, and that'll be your 
first stage and get that experience. That'll that'll work. But yeah, finishing school is you know a, a better better term. Or you know you like you say get, getting your PhD or your master's in wrestling as opposed to okay you already got your BA you already or you already got your associates. We we're just here to give you that extra you know extra little bit you need to take the next step. So that that's more reason. Right, we're gonna take you to that next level. Anyway, we got somebody else special in the, in, on the sidelines. So we're going to go ahead and bring him in. Let's make sure he's not being kidnapped or something. Uh, Brian, you okay? I'm okay, gentlemen. I'm okay. Okay. Whoa, you got whoa, anything you're to not say skydiving. about that? You're, you're not in the middle of an armed robbery? Nothing? Just regular call? Well, I'm kind of heartbroken, y'all. Well, kind of things have happened. I was gonna say, I, 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 we usually expect you to be making an order at Home Depot or, or at the liquor store or, or ordering something from like rallies or something. So when there's complete silence in here, we get very concerned. So anyway, we're just we're just gonna enjoy it for now. Okay, there it is. That's what I expected. <laughs> That's much better. Are you driving right now, Brian? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We're gonna go ahead and put you back. Like I said. That's that's the Brian we expect. We'll let Brian listen because you know we don't want to hear all the background noise. Like I say, that's that, that's way more like what we expect of Brian. Lots of noise in the background, and then you know, next thing you know, we're hearing that Brian's you know he's being uh, ordered to empty his pockets, and he's being robbed, or he's being hit with a rolling pin or something. So <laughs> anyway, let, let, let's let's get back to what we're Brian. talking about. As far as the reason wrestling, uh, we can actually we can close that out. Like I said, we were pretty much finished talking about it. We just had a little bit of a technical issue because, like I said, you couldn't hear me, I could hear you. So I assume that's the way it worked to everybody else because I kept trying to interrupt, but it didn't work. So anyway, let's let's get into some of the other news in the world of wrestling before we can, before we can get to our too many black guys segments for the week. Uh, MLW has just signed a new uh, streaming deal uh, with. Uh, Doe TV Network, although Doe TV Network, Digital Original Entertainment, it's, it's actually a streaming deal. They're a channel that streams, you know, different platforms, so you can, you can get it on your usual places, on your Roku's and your, uh, you know, your places like that, your, your Fire Sticks and places like that. So that will start in September. Also, it'll be available on Pluto TV as well as some other, you know, uh, internet-connected con- TV platforms, so... Virgin Media, Chromecast, Xbox One, PlayStation, Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, Android TV, and Apple iOS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it doesn't really make clear, though, to me whether this is replacing the BN Sports TV deal or if this is a supplement to it. Because they, I know they also do stream on uh, MLW and as well as they put their product on YouTube TV. So I don't know. If, it doesn't make clear if any of those are going to continue. So. Anyway, you would assume since they signed so, that you know, a new network. I would think of that being a new network that that would me never I've never heard of Doe TV being it because it's new. It seemed like Doe needs them more than they need Doe. So if I if it was up to me, I would not cancel. I would not replace any of my current deals with that deal unless they promised me a crap load of cash to give them my content. Now, yes, yes, if yeah, that's the thing that doesn't make clear. Because I, I would yeah. assume if they are replacing it, they they, they better send them a boatload of cash because the one advantage you know W had this year, they were pretty much the only national or quote international company in America that 
you know, had a free agent deal where they could sign a new TV deal for, as far as for that? Because, you know, AEW is under contract for, what, four or five years now? NXT is mm-hmm. under contract for, I think, I think they're under contract for like two years, two or three years. Uh, obviously, Raw and SmackDown, I think they would have signed five-year deals almost uh, was about a year ago or so when they started those deals. So overall, uh, I would assume, like I said, they don't give a lot of information as far as money and whatnot on this, but I would assume that they would still be able to probably the, at least be able to do the YouTube thing. Uh but they might have a further delay on it or something because they they have been constantly providing content for their uh, YouTube channel, so it would make sense that they'd want to continue that. Uh, a lot of times, what what they'll do with these deals is say, okay, you can still do it, but you got to delay it a week now or something like that. So I would assume that yeah, their YouTube channel will still be an option, even if they do include a new delay. But none of that is missing that. So if we do get inf- more information on this, we will include it. But you know, anytime that. Some of these companies sign a new deal. You figure it, it should be more revenue. The only the only time you see a deal that's signed by a wrestling company, and you don't assume that it's more money for the company is when it's Impact Wrestling. <laughs> they seem to go the opposite direction with I, I'm like not every deal. I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not going to eulogize like, uh, Impact. I've eulogized it for ten years now. Only ten? <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in business twenty years. I've been eulogizing them for nineteen of those twenty. <laughs> like, oh, just like just just when you think they're out of business, they found another way. This contract isn't as good as that one, but at least it lets them stay in business. This contract is worse than that one, but it lets them stay in business. Because at first, well, I take that back. They started off okay. We're only doing pay per views, so you figured that was a limited amount of money. Eventually, they got their quote national TV deal. They were on, uh, I think, uh, I think their first deal was on Spike, right? That was uh, when basically ended up replacing Ooh, WWE on Spike a few, few years later, mm-hmm. and then that worked that worked out for a while. The next thing you know, yeah, they don't want to give us enough money, so we're gonna go on Destination America. I was, and you we're like, you're going where? <laughs> what what channel is that? <laughs> and then from there, they went to Pop TV, and we're like, what channel is that? Oh, that used to be TV Guide channel. Okay. Can, and it, then you're like, you start clapping, you're like, congratulations, and you're not sure if you should be applauding. <laughs> and then they go from Pop TV, <laughs> next thing you know, they're on Access TV. I'm like, Access TV? Well, I guess there's other wrestling on that channel, so I guess that's kind of good. And next thing you know, then they bought Access. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. Once, you, once you're buying a network that nobody watches, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. <laughs> but at any rate... Uh, let's get back on topic. Uh, what was the topic? Oh yeah, we were talking about MLW's uh, Doe TV deal. So I guess congratulations to them. I'm assuming they're making some some kind of money on that. So good for them. Oh, yeah. Before I move on, was there anything in the world of wrestling you wanted to talk about? Because I don't I don't want to do the whole thing. I know you mentioned while I was like sort in purgatory, you're like I don't really do any prep for the show, and I'm sure anybody listening to the show does that. But every now and again, you fall into some. So do you have anything you want to discuss before we move on, or should I just keep going? No, I'll just keep it rolling. Okay. Uh, Nick Aldis uh, released a uh, open letter to NWA fans. Uh, and I, again, I'm mistaking SC Scoops for this because I was not aware of this until today. In his letters, he addressed his personal growth and the pro- coronavirus pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. He he's stating though he's this is sort of he wants to sort of rally the troops, both the fans and I assume probably the roster too. He thinks that they can get the the momentum back because you know 
it's kind of weird. This is more I say more so than any other company, at least in American wrestling, the COVID nineteen has sort of hurt them the most just due to the fact that they didn't even already have a national T V deal. And they took this tech where like, well, okay, well, let's take our program and de- debut at a certain time every week, this historic time that, that was really, really, you know, connected to the old NWA. And we're going to, you know, cool. debut our product on YouTube. That's that's not something that in wrestling, it's not something that's really considered all that great. Even, you know, they're, 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 don't get me wrong, there are certain companies and brands that do well on YouTube. You can make a lot of money on YouTube. But it's not usually where, quote, companies go. It's usually more for influencers, individuals, you know, comedians, stuff like that. There's usually not a whole company that sort of, you know, bases their main video product on YouTube. WWE does a lot of stuff on YouTube, but that's not their, you know, main focus. They just add additional stuff. Their entire main strategy was the YouTube, you know, program. And then when they did this, they're like, we're, instead of trying to go bigger than everybody else, we're going to go smaller. We're going to go back to that old school sort of studio day. And while I first heard about this, I was, you know, I didn't really have that strong of an opinion. I was like, I guess that's an idea. Let me, let, me see how, let me see what it turns out to be before I judge it. And then it actually turned out right. to be a pretty nice product. They actually did a good job with it. It was really starting to grow week over week over week. It was like it was an entertaining, compelling product. For the fans mm-hmm. who grew up on that wrestling like me and you, I think it was a perfect it was a perfect segment of that slice of that wrestling world that we weren't quite getting anymore. So it was it was definitely, you know, like like when we say don't like it like uh AJ Styles is addressed in his uh criticism of Dixie Carter earlier today. I guess that's something we can talk about in a second, but Dixie Carter wanted TNA to be WWE life. Being WWE light won't work because you don't have the resources WWE has. So no matter what, if you try to be the light version of them, they'll provide a better version of whatever that is that they're providing. So, you know, if they zig, you want to zag. And this was a great job of zagging when your big competitors were zigging. So hats off to them. And then right in the middle of that, there's season two of this. The virus hits, everything shut down, and unlike, you know, some of the other companies, they decided we're going to go ahead and not continue to make live programming in the sense of we're not going to have matches and do shows. They were doing some, they started doing some, some of these smaller shows with some of their individual talents, and they were like sort of doing talk shows, and they were doing sketches and stuff like that, but those things would have been nice supplements to their product, but they're not a replacement for the product. That can only get you so far when there's no actual wrestling when you're a quote wrestling company. MLW is doing something similar with the MLW uh, Pulp Fusion. Again, it's great if you like promos and stuff, it's, and it's a nice you know six to seven minute you know supplement to the stuff you're already doing. But you again, it can only take you so far. And then on top of it, just when that was starting to get off the ground, when they were starting doing all these, they were they basically had a different show for every day of the week. Uh, like a talk show or a sketch show or, you know, little stuff they were doing. And then next thing you know, your vice president is allegedly a rapist. So they pretty much, and he was the one that was kind of overseeing everything. So they just sort of, we're going to go, we're going to take a break from doing anything for a while. So next thing mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the talent has gone other directions. You know, uh, Ricky Starks is going on for AEW. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, some of the other talent looking for greener pastures. For a while, there was rumors that NWA was actually either going away or Billy was going to sell it. But apparently, he's saying that's not the case. If there was ever a position of selling for weakness, now would be the time 
of selling from weakness. You definitely don't want to sell your company now if you think it has any value as far as NWA. You at least want to right. get right now. If nothing I should able to afford NWA without. I should be able to afford buying NWA with what I whatever I have in my pocket right now. I was gonna say have, uh, between us, we could. I'm, I'm, like I said, it's probably not that cheap. But I figure if we both use our stimulus checks, if we get this other round of stimulus checks. Between your meal money and my uh, utility company money, I'm sure we could put together a very, very af- reasonable package that would look very, very good if you wanted to sell honestly, it right now. Yeah, honestly, I'm looking at $18 in my pocket, but on a serious note, if he wanted to sell and we got serious about it, between the money we have and the money we could get loaned because of our you know, credit ratings, we should be able to put up a very respectable offer, you know, and that's being serious, you know, yeah, the $18 in my pocket is a joke, but the actual money that we could, the two of us could put together should be able to come up with a very respectable offer. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm just, I'm just just picturing like, uh, you know, those when they have those big board meetings and you're like, I'm gonna slide you out across the table, (laughs) and then you slide off. I says, can you add another zero to it? And you're like, no. (laughs) And you realize the offer's one digit. (laughs) You're like, no, I'm not adding another zero. (laughs) This offer leaves the table in five minutes. (laughs) Right. You pull out the eighteen dollars, and then you like, and you're like, well, you're not. And he's like, okay, deal. I'm like, whoa, 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 you're not getting the whole eighteen. <laughs> what, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> like, can I keep, at least keep the lint? Then you know, we, we get together to huddle. <laughs> okay, we're gonna cut the lint in half. <laughs> you can get, you can get the the pinkish lint. We're keeping the burgundy lint. <laughs> <laughs> you drive a hard bargain, King. <laughs> yeah, this is not a time. All right, because honestly, right now, if you're not WWE, AEW, if you're not WWE or AEW, your company has no value. And honestly, we don't know when any wrestling company will be able to put on live shows. We don't know. We can we can guess another two months. We can guess another six months. We can say early next year. We don't know. And coming from that point, there's no value because I could we could buy NWA right now and then find out that there won't be live shows for another ten years. That that is a thing that we have to understand if you're talking about actually buying something of that nature. You'd have to really be, just understand it. This thing might turn around tomorrow, or it might be 10 more years of this, of the world being closed and no live shows and social distancing and off masks. And so that's something that has to be factored in. So really, no company has any real value. Yeah, like I said, if you, if you had an S&TV deal, you're probably better off at least – just sort of, even if you close your company down right now, you're better off just closing down right now, waiting until things can open back up. And at least then you can still, you know, you you have a, you have the value of your quote video library and the ability to actually have events again. Because if 
you're going to sell a company right now without the ability to visit. Basically, all you're selling is your library. That's because that's all you have available at the moment. So, and for most for most people, it's not that good of a resource. You know, you haven't been in business right. long the enough NWA to provide enough new content. The NWA yeah. library is nothing to be proud of. Yeah, because you got to remember, even though we're saying it's the NWO, while they technically own the history, a lot of that, quote, Mid-South stuff and a lot of the territory stuff, WWE already owns. (laughs) So it's not like even though they, Mm -hmm. quote, have NWA, it's not like they have the entire hundred years of NWA history video in their library. They have basically what they have. That would be different. Yeah, yeah. Basically what they have is – from about the time Shane Douglas threw their title in the trash on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's, let's, let's uh, open it up uh, with Shane Douglas throwing your main championship in the track. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on. Like I said, we already briefly discussed this, but AJ Styles recently did an interview with, uh, let's see, it was during a Twitch, Twitch stream, actually. He confessed he loves Vince Russo as a person. However, came to work creatively together. He said they butted heads. But he also said, I realized when we butted heads, it's because he was getting things with Dixie the whole time. That mm. seems like a very, very backwards way to do things. <laughs> if you hire somebody like, quote, Vince Russo to do your creative, as much as, you know, as many bad things as I've heard about Vince Russo as far as creative, He's been responsible for some good stuff, but he's the sort of guy apparently that the general consensus is he'll have like 50 ideas. Half of them will be terrible, but you need somebody over his head saying this is terrible to sort of flesh out the 12 to 15 that are really good, and then you could polish those Mm -hmm. up. And when he worked under Vince McMahon, it seemed like that worked really, really well. On the other hand... Now we're thinking, hmm, if Vince was polishing him up now, would we have the same results that we have now with sort of Vince's product now? Or it just sort of makes you wonder. Because <laughs> now we kind of feel like our Vince issue with Vince's product is Vince. That's our problem, problem with Vince's product now. Yeah, so that's that's, that's interesting. But I don't want to I don't want to get too much into that. Though. I, I want to stick to the subject of uh, AJ Styles and uh, and Dixie. Uh, he basically said, do I believe Dixie ruined Impact? He said, well, it was TNA back then at 100%. He thought, uh, again, like we mentioned earlier, he thought that problems that Dixie wanted to be WWE light. Uh, they brought in Bischoff and Hogan. They moved to Monday nights when they were starting to get that sort of momentum going. Because you, you, we laugh about it now, but there was a point where even though they weren't, quote, truly a legit competitor to WWE in the sense of their ratings weren't close. They weren't going to beat them in ratings. They were doing about a million viewers a week. You know, this was like, what, 15 years ago or so, but still. They were doing a million a week as opposed to now they're doing like 174,000, basically five five times the audience. So they were a credible company back then. Not that they're not quite a credible company now, but they were much more competitive and a much better position back then when they had a national TV deal on a network that people, you know, actually, you know, respected a lot more and that sort of stuff. So, but then they moved to Monday nights and they got their doors blown off after a while. Like I said, I think it, I think it was like it was exciting that first week. Then 
reality set in, and then they ended up having to move nights again. The tail tuck between their legs because they were getting destroyed every week. You know, I hate to, I hate to say it, but Paul Heyman had the best idea when it came to that. You can't out WWE the WWE. Don't try that. Oh yeah, and I'm Razzy. Like when, when we when we one difference between uh, the sort of eight, what I'll call the AEW versus NXT competition and the TNA versus WWE competition was. A lot of the people they were hiring at the time were like literally people that were doing their old WCW or WWE gimmicks or WWF gimmicks at the time. Those were the sort of people they were hiring. Now, AEW has hired a, a decent amount of talent from WWE, but for the most part, they're not hiring them to do the same gimmick they were doing. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that left, left because they didn't want to do that gimmick anymore. <laughs> so they've sort of you know rebuilt. You know, people. They, they, Cody sort of did his own thing in, in the independence ring on and stuff for a while before he went to AEW. John Moxley is sort of going back to his sort of old school mentality of what he used to be back when he was in Combat Zone, that sort of wrestling style. You know, a le- way less corporate version of what he was doing. Uh, Sean Spears is going a different direction. So, you know, and then obviously you got guys like the Young Bucks who were never in WWE for any sort of con- consequential amount of time. Uh, I can't remember if they've been there and maybe jobbed or, you know, or on some other program, some of the minor programs at some point. I can't remember that off the top of my head, but that's how AEW's doing well. They've developed their own, some of their own talent, and the talents they've taken from other companies that have had prominent positions in other companies, they're doing different things with them. They're not trying to sell the same thing. They're tr- not trying to relive their past glories. They're sort of blazing their own... Tr- they're either blazing their own trail or they're starting their own trail. And that's that's the difference between trying to be WWE light and providing an alternative. AEW fans want an alternative and they're being that alternative for them. So uh I think that's the big difference between the two. But anyway, uh Chris dropped off, so let me bring Chris back. Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts on that as far as how w, how WWE talent that is left is going on to perform in TNA versus how it's going to perform in AEW? Any thoughts that are different than mine? The same or what? Oh, I agree for the most part because, like you said, like a lot of the people, they want to do something different and they're doing different things now. And it seems like, in, in fairness, I've talked to wrestlers before. We're like, oh, man, I got this idea. I want to do this. I want to do that. And you need adult supervision to say, no, that's stupid, versus having a chance to really be free. So I, I get the, you know, the whole character control thing, but I think the way AEW is doing it is right. They're not trying to be the WWE. No one can be that. I think the way they're taking it is right. And then they, the few guys that they did bring up from WWE – with the exception of Chris Jericho, because he's just being Chris Jericho, which that's a whole different breed. Uh, and honestly, if I was AEW, I would have wanted him to be 
to Jericho that casual fans would recognize versus some of the other people, like bringing Dean Ambrose over and John Moxie, even though some people would not know he used to be past who he was before and now he's going back and whatever. That, that's a different thing. But I, I think AEW is doing it the right way. I think that if you're ever going to do it, they're, they're doing it right right now. And by the way, I know there have been people that have criticized uh, AEW for signing a lot of former WWE talent. But again, like we mentioned, they're not signing them to do the same thing. They're not ta- they're not taking a bunch of WWE jobbers and trying to use the same gimmick and pretend that they're stars. The ones that they do take are actually talented people who can work, and they said we can find something better for you to do. That's that's different than just signing anybody who gets fired and you know trying to put him in front of the role. Unfortunately, that's way too often what happened in some other companies, and that's why it didn't work. So, well, a lot of companies, anyway, a, lot of companies a lot of companies want to come in as vultures, and I want you to, you know, DLC Network fires you, and I come up with another podcast, and I want the same character you do here. I want you to use that character over there because I just want to make a quick buck off the name that somebody else built. You. That's not what AEW's doing. AEW hasn't really brought in that many former WWE people that I can think of off the top of my head. Six or seven, maybe, but not a lot. And then you gotta, well, you gotta figure. Even when you mentioned former WWE talent, it's like, did they come directly from WWE, or were they somebody that worked there like ten years ago and then did a whole bunch of other stuff? And you know, those are the other things to consider. Because the, the the reality is, if you're anybody that wants to be anything in wrestling, at some point, you probably you were in w, you were you were in WWE or you were in a developmental, or you at least expired to be. So. Odds are, if you managed to be anything in wrestling over the last 20 years in America, you probably were in WWE. There's, there's been a few. There's probably been a very, very, very small number of people that had any sort of notable career without being in WWE. Anyway, Hokey is just gonna sound. Every professional wrestler out there that you've ever seen on television has had a dream of holding that stupid belt up in the middle of the WrestleMania ring. I'm sorry, that's just how it works. If, you, if you've made it to television, you've dreamed about being a WrestleMania. You've dreamed about holding the WWE Heavyweight Championship or World Championship or Universal or whatever they call the big gold belt now. You've dreamed about holding Ric Flair's belt up. You've dreamed about holding Hulk Hogan's belt. That's how you got there because that's what you wanted to do. Wait, you've dreamed of holding Hulk Hogan's belt? <laughs> Oh, uh, wait. He didn't get caught up with that kind of character. Oh, well, you know what? We can go down that road because Hogan, to the best of my knowledge, has not been caught up with that kind of, in that particular game. <laughs> I was going to say, but still, I think, I think if you dreamed of holding Hogan's belt, your dreams are a little bit different than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, actually, we do get one more wrestling-related story, and then we're going to get into the Too Many Black Guys segment because... Uh, Let's go ahead and close this out here. Actually, I'm going to try to let Brian get in for a second, too, on this last part, assuming he's not still on the road. Hey, Brian, are you still on the road? Uh, how do I find Oh, still on the road. Sorry. Nope, not going to work. Yeah, he's still on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was gonna say, I haven't seen Brian's car lately. Maybe he's got one of those cars where it's like there's no windows, but there's plastic and duct tape or something. So maybe the window is rolled up. Who knows? 
But anyway, uh, let's move on to this last wrestling-related topic before we get to the Too Many Black Guys segment. Uh, Gail, Kim, and some other uh, discussed the term knockouts that's used for uh, Impact Wrestling's women division. And, you know, they've had a lot of, you know, topics for discussion for this year as far as, you know, certain names being canceled and names being, you know, uh, retired and names not being used anymore. There were some people who felt like the knockout's name was demeaning. It was more like WWE's Divas uh, name. So I was actually, my first thought on this was it's not necessarily the same thing. But let me see how the women actually in the division currently and the women in the past feel about the name before I really fully develop my uh, thoughts on the name. Because I, I had a certain thought. Because Knockout always sort of had that, you know, multiple versions to the name. I mean, it meant a couple of different things, and I think that's why they chose the name. So, basically, let's look at what Tracy Brooks, uh, the, at the Tracy Brooks and Gail Kim at... Gail, Kim, it's me. These are the Twitter, Twitter accounts. Tracy Brooks tweeted out, Knockouts is the perfect name for the woman past president of Impact in parentheses TNA. Strong, powerful, tough, and kick-ass. <clears throat> All different, beautiful in their own way. I will always proud her to be the original Knockout. And then Gail, Kim added on top of it. Exactly. So much history, and all of us are always proud to be a KO. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know... Me a cringe now. I'm sorry, what was that? The word history. When people say so much history, like, oh, that's cringy now. But this is about their opinion, not mine. No, no. History can be good or bad. History is a bad reason to continue to do anything. But history in and of itself is neutral. History is just what happened. Now, was it a good history or a bad history? So uh, as we continue down that, uh, Cordy Rush, the Living Legends, uh, is the title for a Twitter account. The actual Twitter name is at... Rush Lee Mania, and this is actually uh, Rosemarie uh, uh, who, who tweeted this out. Uh, it's not actually, and the roster has said many times, Knockout makes us feel like badasses. Chaos come in all shapes and sizes, and we are all badass and beautiful. That's why we went to Ukraine. So please stop telling us how it sh- we should be insulted when we already feel empowered by it. And then that was actually that was in a reply to somebody named Maxi T1 who tweeted out. And by the way. Uh, Looking at this guy's picture, it looks it looks it looks kind of like Joy Ryan at first. I thought the guy I thought this might have been Joy Ryan at first, so <laughs> I, was, I had to take a close look. I was like, well, okay, that's not Joy Ryan. Because by the way, Joy Ryan shaved his mustache to look less creepy. Uh, I'm sorry to inform Joy Ryan, it's not the look that was the creepy part. So uh, the well, mustache is not going to help that much. He's going to creepy character. <laughs> And now we find out that one case thing. You creepy. Exactly. Well, actually, no. Yeah. I take that back. Yeah. That's so, creepy. So, Creepy's okay. Yeah it's, like, it's like, yeah, it's like when you go to court and you see somebody as they're trying to don't trial for a gang murder. So they're wearing glasses. They got on a shirt and a tie. <laughs> I'm like, ain't nobody <laughs> buying this. <laughs> it's like when, like when Jody Arias... <laughs> They came to court wearing glasses. Like she never wore those glasses. We got a thousand pictures of her not wearing glasses. We're not gonna buy to see some nerdy mousy girl now. She killed a dude. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, like I was saying, Maxi T at Maxi T one tweeted, "2020 is time to stop calling Impact Women's Championship 
uh, knockouts is kind of meaning. Let's show these talent ladies the, the respect they deserve. I'd say over, I haven't seen anybody in the division that tweeted they didn't like it, they didn't like the name. That's not to say that there's nobody that does, that didn't, but I haven't seen anybody who didn't like the name because, like I said, it does have that double meaning. I think if they if they had chosen the name like the the TNA or Impact Wrestling Beauties or or the Hotties or something like that, then you'd have a little bit better argument against it, and I don't think they'd be as supportive of the name. But again, knockouts has always meant multiple things, and that's sort of the way it's been. And again, you know. You don't want to, quote, take offense on other people's behalf if they're not offended. If people are okay with the name, there's multiple definitions to the name. I feel like it's uh, it's okay. Uh, it's kind of like when, when uh, certain groups get mad. Well, how come they can call themselves that, but I can't? <laughs> One, you're not part of that group. You don't get to define what that group can call themselves. That group does get to tell mm-hmm. you, which you're not allowed to call them. That's the way it works. I use the brother analogy today. You know, I can sit here with my, I can sit here with close family members, and I will talk about my brother with all the honesty that he deserves. But you can't say what I say about him because my brother, I get to say, it. you know, that's just the way the world works. Inside certain groups, you have certain levels of truth that you can share with each other. You can have certain jokes that are okay to share in the inside of the crowd. Like, I remember not too long ago, uh, one of my nephews, he was 21 at the time. And he grew up in a mixed community. Some of his friends are white. And they use the N-word way more than I think they should. You know, I don't think you should use it in his company, but I definitely don't think his white friends should be saying it around him and all that. But I kind of pulled him aside one day and tried to try to explain, like, look, I get it. This is what y'all do amongst each other. I don't like it personally, but on a larger scale, y'all are 21 now. Y'all are going to be going out at bars. Y'all are going to be places around other people, and you might come across somebody who don't find it to be as funny as you do. You know, so I had to kind of give them that little bit of advice because, you know, if I'm just sitting there and I hear this kid say that, you get no chance to explain that it wasn't, a, it ain't what it sounded like. Because it was what it sounded like. I don't care how he makes it. You know, and that can go bad for them kids real quick. And yeah, I call them kids because they're, tw- they're like 21 and 22 at the time. Exactly. And like I said, like I, said, I kind of in a situation where there's like People, like I said, due to rugby and stuff, there's like a significant group of population I hang out that's like, you know, 15 or so years younger than me. So, you know, I kind of look at those words one way. You got to remember, you know, us having lived 43 years, we look at the word one way. We look at who can and can't use the word a different way. Eventually, I get to the point where I'm like, the way the word's being used, while I might not, you know, quote, like it, at the same time, I can cut, you can understand a different interpretation of how people are using it. It's like I said, sometimes you have to you have to pick your battles and pick your fights. I realize that's not a fight I'm willing to oh, have. Oh, definitely. Like I said, it's it, 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 there's a, there's still a certain context that those people people could use it in, and I'd still be offended by, it, no matter your age group, no matter what group you're from. But unless it's in that certain context, 
you know, I've just resigned myself to it. Like I said, like I said, there's you can only you can you can only you know how exhausting it is trying to pick every battle and fight every fight and educate people on every issue. It's too much work. So you gotta you gotta you gotta pick your battles. And I've decided, you know, for that for like that particular demographic that you talked about, I'm not gonna pick 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 that battle. So I've moved on with it. So hey, we're the one in the battle for me. Me is more of a warning for their safety. You know, like I said, they you know, they could be out somewhere in public and somebody might not agree with their use. Yep. Now, you know what time it is now, don't you? Now it's time to get oh, into yeah, the bliggity black black. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into the really, really, really black part of the show. So if you if you've been tuning in for the wrestling, the wrestling part's going away. Uh we're we're heading a different direction now, so we're we're gonna get into our too many black guys segment because this is that we got a doozy. For That's too many black guys, dude. The ratio's off. That's the ratio's off. So if you don't want to hear the political stuff, uh, thanks for listening, and you have a great week. But now we're going to get political a little bit further in the show. This is a huge – we noticed earlier today, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get into it. Uh, guess what? Where, where should I start? Uh, basically, there's this uh, program called the uh, 1619 Project. It's been uh, educating people not only about slavery but the lens of, you know, uh, looking looking at America and looking at the, the sort of you know, I guess you call it the Western world through the prism of you know what slavery contributed to it, you know, imperialism, colonialization, those sorts of things. So you know that's that was a bit that was a big thing. It, it was actually sort of peaked last year, even though it's still being taught to a certain degree now. But apparently, there is a national politician. Who doesn't want to have this discussed? So he's going out of his way to prevent it from being talked about. Uh, that gentleman's name is Tom Cotton. He is actually a senator uh, in the U.S. Senate. That's where the senators come from. Uh, he describes slavery as a necessary evil. Now, it's definitely an evil, but was it a necessary one? Yeah, also, in all fairness, Thank I, you, I have to agree with him. I have to agree with him. I do have to agree with him. Slavery is clearly evil. But, exactly. Uh, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and agree with him fully. It was a necessary evil because without slavery, you could not have built this country and certain people amassed the amount of wealth that they have to this day. You know, slavery would never have been a very profitable. Uh, the agricultural industry of America in that, cult- that time would have not been profitable unless you had free labor. So actually, I, and, I, I, know, I would disagree. I would disagree with that, but but I'm, I'm I, I want to let you go ahead and make your point. But I, I just want to make it clear. I disagree okay. with that. But go ahead. The agricultural industry, I don't think, I didn't think would have been nearly as profitable. Uh, the Insurance companies, the banks, all the people who were involved with that—I don't believe they would have made the amount, the the amount of money that they made again to which a lot of these companies, a lot of these entities, a lot of these people—they got. I'm not gonna say they are where they are now because of it, but that money was their start money, and you know people 
you know, it's a lot of people who were just born into a very good spot because of, you know, because of slavery. And, yeah, if you want to get to where we are now, the way we are now, yeah, you couldn't have done it without slavery. That was absolutely necessary to get where we are the way things are now. America would not be the same without slavery. So if your goal was to get exactly here, it was a necessary evil. Yes. I would say, I, I would agree. if you use the exact words you're using right now, but I guess they say actually you do sort of have a point if you're using that determination as far as just for the last sentences you used. I would say America still could have been built. America would have they they would have found a way to do it. See, the thing is that acts, that argument actually continues on today as far as the fight for higher minimum wage and the fight for living wage and stuff. It's like. Well, we just can't afford to. No, no, we can't afford to. You just choose not to. They could have. They would have found a way to build all the stuff they wanted built. It don't get me wrong. It would have cost more money. It, it might have taken a long time, but we still would have got there. But it's it's much easier. It's much easier and much quicker to you know build things with you know unpaid labor. It's much easier. To, it's much easier to sort of sort of build an empire if you take land that somebody else already has and you know kill a bunch of people already staying there and just sort of say this is ours, and you know we'll provide. We'll, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take this good land over here that all these plants growing really well and these crops growing really well and we can make a lot of money off. And we're gonna give that land over there. Then oh well, we found some stuff we like on that land over there, so we're gonna you move you that. off of that land over here. And we're gonna go ahead and move you over this land over here. Oh wait, we found oil under that land, so we're gonna move you from this land and put you over there. And then you know this this continues on for a couple hundred years, and finally they're like, "Well, we have an idea. We're not gonna move you guys anymore. What we're gonna do is we're gonna put you in this closet over here. You stay in that closet, and you know." You, this is really fine area for you. You'll be happy here. So you just stay over there. We'll give you the benefit of you don't have to follow our federal laws here on this in, a, in this little closet here in this little shack here. You can stay there. You'll be fine over there, right? But then they realize, okay, well since we're not subject to your laws, we'll put some casinos here. And then that's <laughs> the other part. People, people, people are like, well, you know, I wish I wish I was a Native American. I guess casinos. Uh, yeah, that's not how it works. You know, it's not like you know. Yeah. And like, like if I went to your house and killed your parents and your uncle and your grandfather and your grandmother and your other grandfather and then, you know, stole their house and then, you know, killed their dog, you know, put all their clothes, you know, stole those, put them in a museum. And then eventually, a couple hundred years later, I said, here, you can open up your own business here. I don't think you'd be cool with that. You're just cool with that because that's the sort of thing that happened now. And, you, and again, you were a part of that. Your you're family was a part of it. Yeah. That's like, that's like the people that think, you know, how can these NBA players be all mad? They're making all this money now. That's that's not the way grudges and grievances work. Just because you're rich now doesn't mean you can't have a grievous, grievous previously. Just because, you know, things for you personally now doesn't mean you can't understand how other members of your family other people who look like you, other people from the country, even people who don't necessarily look like you. Other people can have problems even though you have things nicely. Just because you have things nicely for you personally, economically, doesn't mean you have things nice for you socially, politically. Even during slavery, they were rich black people. Even during segregation, they were rich black people. Even mm-hmm. during, you know, 
even before the women had the right to vote, there were still some rich white women. There were some rich black women. There were, you know, a sprinkling of them around before that. Just because they had money doesn't mean they weren't allowed to have a grievance or allowed to have, you know, disagreements with the government or being able to protest. But essentially, that's the argument we're told now that, uh, particularly for athletes and celebrities, you don't have a right to have a grievance now because your life's pretty good now. That's not the way it works. Well, I was told, I was told something similar with all the, with some of the protests and things going on now. I was told that, oh, well, not you. You know, those people are like you. No, you don't think those people like me because you know me now. But if you had never met me and I was just walking down the street, you'd swear I was one of quote unquote those people. Is you know, well, I, know you, I, I know you fairly well. I can see you one of those people, but that's something different. <laughs> well, because you know me well enough to know I am one of those people. But I didn't. I didn't assume it before I met you. I got to know you to realize you were one of those people. <laughs> right. Uh, which is kind of funny because I, I I followed up with. So I say something about moving his neighborhood. He said, "You can move my neighborhood. I wouldn't care." I'm like, "Actually, you know what? I wouldn't do that to you. Now I would buy every house on your block except yours, and I'd rent them out for a <laughs> dollar a month in meth heads. I don't, you know, I don't want to just move in. I want to destroy your property. But I want to make sure your home has no value. And then you can buy yeah, that house for a dollar. <laughs> <I do. laughs> right? Then I'll buy your house for a dollar." But at any rate, uh, let's see if Brian's okay. Yeah, let's see if Brian's not being kidnapped right now because I do want to see if we can get Brian's opinion. But if he's Brian's still being kidnapped or being uh, carjacked or whatever at the moment, we won't be able to have him. But anyway, let's see if let's see if Brian's up there right now. Let's see. Hey, Brian, how do you sound right now? Uh, better than whoever's in a car and seem like they're underwater somewhere. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, what are you? Yeah, I was going to say, you sound, I actually I haven't heard it that bad. Maybe it's, maybe it's different depending on where you're located at, but I haven't heard anything from Chris's end or my end. So. Anyway, Brian, I'm sure you've been listening. Uh, you talked about uh, Tom Cotton, who stated slavery was a necessary evil, so you can comment on that if you want, or you can comment on, you know, rich people and whether or not, you know, uh, black women, blacks, women's, you know, Latinos, Gays, anybody that's quote a part of a group that's traditionally been oppressed, whether or not they can have a grievance when they're rich right now. So you can comment on either of those subjects. Feel free. Well, the okay, pretty much the problem is um, okay. Everyone is want uh, to segment this problem, and the problem is the American system. And what no one don't want to talk about is the origin. The origin of this country, as we all know, was built upon racism, systematic oppression. No matter how you want to color it, um, you okay, you can't say how great this country was when your first quote-unquote president owned slaves. George Washington is, um, is in your history book. So, okay, so did, um, what, 11 other, um, 11 other people. And then we fast forward. To today, our current president, no, he's not a slave owner, but uh, his divisiveness, his irresponsible, him being irresponsible on how stuff is today, and if I'm not mistaken, 
wasn't he the one who who said um to the NBA to the NFL players that um um like they some sons of bitches or something like that when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. That was directly at Colin Kaepernick. And his mother replied that she was a proud, a proud bitch, actually. Right. Now, uh, my okay, now my thing is, did, didn't Colin Kaepernick um, express his freedom of expression to yes, something did. that, okay, now what I didn't get was, okay, if um, Donald Trump did not stop what um, Barack Obama had tried to do, this country wouldn't be in such a civil unrest right now and everything. It would be, I, I would have to say, um, in a in a um, better shape and everything versus how it is now where um, people that look like us and others from um, other various backgrounds feel um, repressed, depressed, underrepresented, and pretty much the system is against them. Yeah. And also, like I said, I, I do want to add on to what you said as far as uh, systematic oppression. People, uh, like I said, there are a lot of people who don't want to discuss it. It was built on the foundation of oppression, not just slavery, but also the things that follow slavery, like uh, Jim Crow and segregation, sharecropping, uh, things like redlining and mortgages and not being able to, you know, even though you can, afford, you can theoretically afford stuff, not being able to buy houses in certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. And even those aren't just limited to racism, because there's racism, uh, there's sexism, uh, homophobia. There's all sorts of uh, isms and phobias that, in addition to the, the uh, racism that's codified in the system. Because remember, even though they've amended the Constitution multiple times since, within the foundation of the Constitution, the original Constitution, there are things like, you know, slaves being three-fifths of a person, uh, women not having the right to vote. Really, basically, you're sort of limited. For the most part, your voting population was land-owning white males. So basically, they just wanted rich white men to vote and nobody else. Now, while that significantly increased the number of people who had power as opposed to a system where you have a monarchy or basically the king makes all the decisions and maybe a small class of you know lords in addition to that might actually have the power, that did expand the, uh, the power base. It didn't, quote, offer equality to all men, and especially not women. So, you know, when you talk about the principles this country was founded on, no, those weren't the principles they were founded on. Those are the principles you like to think was founded on. There's a difference between, like, a lot of people talk about, I love my country, and that's why I stand for the flag, and I stand for the anthem. No, you don't love your country. You love the idea of your country. You love the fairy tale of your country. If you, if you love your country... You have to accept everything the country has done and say you love it anyway, not, not pretend that it didn't happen or it didn't matter. You're allowed to love your country, but you have to love every part of it. And even, even though, and even, and granted, I'm even saying loving the country is not the same as saying you accept and think those things are okay. But you still have to love the country despite knowing that they happened and not pretend that they didn't. It's just like I've talked you know, about multiple times. You can love Bill Cosby as an entertainer. You can love Michael Jackson as an entertainer. You can love, you know, any number of 
celebrities and entertainers and historical figures that have owned slaves, that have, you know, committed crimes, they've committed murder, committed rape, they've, you know, molested people. They could have done all these things. You can still love them. You don't have to defend them and pretend that they didn't do the things that they've done, that they've been convicted of and they've been, you know, there's been proof that they've done. But don't pretend that you love them and that they didn't do it. Just just love them, warts and all, terrible things they've done and all, and say you love them despite that. Not that you love them and that it didn't happen. Because that's the big difference between those two things. Uh, I got a question, though. Okay. Okay. Hold on, watch that. Let me throw this in here real quick. Right. Loving someone is holding them accountable for their bad actions. You know, you can love your children, you can love your spouse, you can love your siblings, your friends, and still say that bullshit you did the other day was dead wrong. And that is something that I think we lack on a grand scale in this country of being able to hold people, being willing to hold people accountable for their bad actions, hiding behind, oh, I love this person or whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I love this person, but that thing you did was wrong. And you need to pay for it. That is, a, that, that is something we need to do more of. Okay. Um, uh, I'm a, well, you know what? Um, I'm actually in favor of that, but it seemed like um, another situation had, had came up with um, – Nick Cannon, um, not too long ago and everything, and he was called anti-Semitic, and... And he was. <laughs> no, he was not anti-Semitic. Did you yes, see the whole interview? Did you see the whole interview? You don't need to see the whole interview. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm not, yes, you do. I'm not watching that entire interview to see when he says some bigoted stuff. He wasn't bigoted. Farrakhan is anti-Semitic too. Professor Griffith anti-Semitic. He, he, they have his he, he, he is not anti-Semitic. You have to see yes, the whole yes, thing. Yes, he is. In the whole, yes, he is. Whole, in the whole, the whole interview, not just a clip of it, because um, we talk about Farrakhan. That was about the three-hour interview. Now, um, if you're talking about the particular about um, Nick Cannon, what he said. That was about um, Professor Griff and why he got um, uh, removed from Public Enemy. That was an hour interview, an hour plus interview. Did you see that? I'm not watching any fucking entire hour interview to see people say racist, bigoted stuff. That's not the way. I don't need to. No, because it wasn't racist and it wasn't bigoted. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, do you know where... um, Okay, particularly all three of them got the information from, honestly. And this is where no one wants to talk about. It came from the King James Version of the Bible, and no one has discussed that. And if you look it up, word for word, it says it. Now, if you're going to call all them bigoted for what they got from there, okay, okay now please, we got to talk. Please specifically point out what he said from the Bible, so so we can get this so we can get this straightened out. Please, okay. please find a specific quote. Oh, um, okay, specifically, okay, they broke down what was anti-Semitic. Then, after breaking down what was anti-Semitic, okay, they broke down Semitic, okay, and who those people were, and it has specifically said in the King James Version of the Bible 
who the Semitic people were. Now, um, okay, and one of the descriptions of uh, the Semitic people were people of um, Ethiopia. Now, are you trying to tell me that, um, okay, that's calling someone anti-Semitic when you're saying, okay, the description of the people that were Semitic were from Ethiopia. Actually, those are just part of the Semitic people. Semitic peoples means, uh, actually, technically, Jews and Arabs are both Semitic peoples. And, um, and the thing is, though, he, he, he did people, not say Semitic that. Semitic peoples are more, oh, I'm sorry, Semitic people. people are more than just Jews. But anyway, go ahead. Right. Right, but okay, but the thing is though, he did not say they were not Semitic. He's saying that okay, if I'm saying okay, if I'm saying that okay, if you call me anti-Semitic, that means okay, I'm talking about everybody and everything. And he did not say that. He was saying that okay, plain and simple. How can I be anti-Semitic? Okay, that that means I'm talking about my own people too. He did not say that okay. Jews are wicked people. Jew, okay, that that Jews need to die. Nick, okay, show me where Nick Cannon said that. He didn't say that. He did not say that. Um, okay, Jewish people were evil people. He did not say that. So I I want you to find on that interview where that conversation has happened because to be anti-Semitic, if I'm not mistaken, in everything and saying racism and bigoted stuff, that means that. Okay, he okay that he said some really fucked up things where okay that they were evil people that they were disrespectful people. Um, so I want to know where was that said at because I watched the interview, I watched the interview twice and that wasn't said. Okay, and, so do you consider okay by that argument? Where yeah. is Donald Trump said? Where is Donald Trump said that black people are evil? Or did he hate uh, all black people? Uh, well, let me see. Um, he he didn't say that, but his actions. Um, okay. Um, back. At well, the no, 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 no. His actions. His actions. His actions. His actions shown that. His his policy. Okay, Donald Trump's policies as a president done that. Um. Okay. When um, um Barack Obama had um tried to do um a federal investigation um, into police corruption, pretty much. And then with Donald Trump in the office, not even one year the man was in office, he put all of that to a halt. Okay, now we go wait, back to the wait, 80s. But he, he didn't specifically say he was doing it to hurt black people, though. No, no, but but it disproportionately hurts us because, okay, um, all the cases where Oh, okay, um, who was disproportionately affected were um, people of um, African descent. Okay, fine. If you don't want to go there, okay, let's go back to the 80s where, um, okay, the Central Park Five, okay, and he said that um, they were guilty. Man, you put a big old front page ad on, um, okay, on the, um, I want to say, New York Times. I may be wrong on the newspaper, though, but um, it was a nice front page ad that he put out and pretty much that um, they, they, they deserve um, to get locked up. Man, you, of raping a woman that there was no evidence that these boys had did. They got locked up. They did time. 
and finally do the DNA evidence, it was proven that these five um, kids were not guilty. And he still said that they did not deserve any compensation for the pain or the anguish that they went through. Yeah, but he didn't say he didn't say he said that because they're black, though. Uh, do you read the whole article? Or let's go back. Okay, fine. Let's go back to the seventies. Then, um, oh, okay, the no, 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 no. You're, you're missing you're missing the point. I obviously no, no, no. think Donald Trump is racist. No, no, that, that's, no, no, not, no. that's not the point. The point no, is, no, I'm th- you, I'm you just used arguing for his actions. His actions, his actions speak of him being racist to um towards black and brown people. That's what I'm saying. So his action says that. But you, but you, but you, you just said Nick Cannon didn't specifically mention hatred towards Jewish people, so he can't. He's not being anti-Semitic. <laughs> Despite okay, the fact so, he apologized for his anti-Semitic comments, <laughs> so he apologized for nothing. Then. Uh, he it was made to do that to keep his show. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he got um a couple um thousand employees. So my thing is okay for you to have someone like Griff. Professor Griff on your show, and yet these are the same people who's paying you. That's probably not a good idea. That's probably not the best idea. But no, he he, he wasn't anti-Semitic. I I think he was naive to believe that there was no consequences behind his um, actions of who he chose. Now I I found it interesting when Arsenio Hall had um who was that? Oh yeah. Louis Farrakhan on his show, it wasn't even three months off the air, especially when they already gave him a memo, do not have him on this show. See, what I find interesting about um, certain entertainers, they they, they, they want to be activists or they want to be woke, whatever you want to color it and everything. Then when um, the same people you, you um, okay, that other people are making comments about, they ain't your show. They criticize you. Hey, let me they, jump they... in here for a second. Go ahead. Let me jump in here for a second. All right, Brian. You have a show. Your show's on my network. I write to right. the Right. If you get on there talking trash about me personally, yeah. I'm canceling the show. If I say, yeah, don't not... bring King David Lane on your show because I don't like him, and you do it, I'm canceling your show. Right. As long as you work for me, you will do what I say, or you won't work exactly. for me no more. Exactly, and that's why so I say he was not. You have the right to say whatever you like, as long as you can pay for it. Once you say things, there are consequences. I'm Absolutely. Not saying I, either party's right. No, I'm just saying that's how the world works. Oh, I know how the world works. I, like I said, I thought he was naive on thinking that nothing will happen. That's what got me. It was like you, you really didn't think that. This shit wasn't gonna blow up in your fucking face. That's what that's what surprised me. That that's what surprised me that he didn't that he thought everything was gonna be hunky dory, this, that, and another. I'm like, okay, as much as I got respect for Nick Cannon, I thought he was a fucking idiot. I thought he was a fucking idiot. Because it's like, okay, you can't be um at a certain a certain um income level. Okay, I'm just gonna say you can't be at um, millionaire level, thinking you don't say what the fuck you want to say, and you're not writing your own fucking check. I'm sorry, that's not how that works. You're right, Chris, 100. percent 
if, if someone else who don't look shit like you, who don't, who do not share your same values, who do not even agree with half of your goddamn opinions, and you think they're gonna let you say whatever well, the fuck you want to, well, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Well, actually, like I said, this is actually a deeper discussion we can have in a future episode of Too Many Black Guys, because I was not prepared to discuss this issue because I was kind of going a different direction. But actually, this is something that we should, like, let's get, to, let's get together and talk about this subject on a future episode so I can be a little bit more prepared. Uh, but uh, just to reference some of the conspiracy theories he talked about Jewish people in his interview – uh, and these are, quote, going as deep as the Rothschilds, centralized banking, the 13 families, the bloodlines control everything, even outside of America. That is anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. You don't have to specifically mention Jews because so, a lot of that stuff is dog whistle. And when you talk about, you talk whistle, about those things, you're, 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 and, and, yeah, and a lot of those things aren't, necess, aren't necessarily you, – you don't even have to mention the word, quote, Jews or Jewish people. For people to know what you're talking about when you say it, just like just like sometimes when people say thug or they use other words, well, I didn't say black. Well, just because you didn't say black, we know what you meant because <laughs> we we know that from the context of things you said. Because even even if you look traditionally, like there's like a lot of like you know quote people who profit in that sort of thing. A lot of times they don't they won't say black or they won't say the n word, and a lot of times they they've taken a the task of not saying that because they realize once you say that you turn off a certain segment of population but you say those other words and it's a little bit more comfortable for them and like well I don't want them saying the N word but if he just says this other word I'm okay with that so that same thing that same thing sort of happens within you know other communities it's, it's, just, it's not just limited to court white supremacy and alt right no sort of uh, uh, those sort of positions. But anyway, like I said, this is actually an interesting topic, and like I said, this is actually, this actually could be a too many black guys segment further on in the future. I think we'll do this at some point. I'll add this to the list uh, a little bit further we down the road. But we've actually we've actually come to the end of our show. So assuming we don't get canceled for for Brian talking about this on our show without permission from the boss, just, we'll go ahead and. Uh, Try to come back to this and discuss this later. But anyway, you've been listening to VOCNation.com's Wrestling With Problems, and we're glad to be here. Hopefully we'll be back again. You've been listening to Wrestling With Problems. Next week we'll talk about some wrestling and some other stuff too. Anyway, this has also been... That's too many black guys, dude. The ratio's off. That's the ratio's off! Anyway, we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. This is the Slickster, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? 
General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major fads as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein with the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide. Re- I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.